The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. When companies announce large-scale job layoffs like we've witnessed recently with big tech, those who remain in their positions often feel a sense of grief for the loss of their colleagues and maybe a bit of guilt for surviving the cull. And it was reported recently that one multinational company ran grief sessions for employees to help them deal with survivor guilt. So... Is there such a thing as survivor guilt and uh, how might it change the scene? I'm joined by Louisa Mean, HR and workplace conflict resolution expert with Woodview HRM. Louisa, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Have you heard of this uh, concept before? So, you know, the concept around grief is around for as long as I've been in HR and studying it. So absolutely, the change roller coaster, which links directly with the grief roller coaster um, in terms of, you know, denial and acceptance and all of that stuff is is around a long time. The survivor guilt element is is new to me and it's something that I would be much less comfortable with. I mean, there is absolutely a grieving process because it is an enormous change, Um but the individuals who are retained, they don't survive. They, they are retained because of their skills or because of the roles that they hold in an organization. You know, they have played no part in deciding who stayed or who, who went. So there is there's nothing to be guilty about. So and I think so when puts, you just to clarify, when you lose your job, uh, there's the shock of the announcement and uh, then, yes. you know, denial. This is, uh, you know, about someone who's given a terminal illness diagnosis, for example, uh, then the uncertainty of what lies ahead. Finally, acceptance. Yes. Uh, but of course, in a job situation, you want to start again. So uh, you're hoping that you'll climb that hill back up to a new job and a new integration. And finally, leaving the grief behind. Absolutely. You know, we all have, uh, people will go through it at a different rate in organisations. Some people can get stuck at different points in terms of that. And some people can get stuck in that sort of denial phase for quite a long time. You know, this won't happen. They'll never get rid of me. It couldn't possibly happen. Uh, The organisation think I'm brilliant or whatever it might be. Um, But the sooner that you can just go, you know, a job is a job, no matter how strong the culture in the organisation is, no matter how much it feels like a family, it isn't a family. It is a a workplace. Do you believe that big companies have kind of fostered that notion? Here we are, all one big happy family, when in fact, you're just worker bees making money for the guys at the top. Absolutely. I think they have. And I think, you know, I'm, I've, I've always been an advocate that we should be happy at work. We should enjoy our work. We should be joyful at work. Those things are beneficial to us as individuals, but they're also beneficial to the organization because happy employees are more productive. So it works to the organization's advantage to ensure that their staff are happy. They're not doing it because they want you to be happy. They're doing it because it will increase productivity and retention. So um, running the- a course for survivor guilt, I mean, it does seem to me to be putting the blame on the employee who had nothing to do, as you say, with the hiring or firing, and they're just working for a living, they're doing a job, they're getting paid to do that job, and then a company says, by the way, if you're feeling guilty, we'll help you get over it. Yeah. I mean, how dare they, say I? Well, it wouldn't be my approach personally, because it's the company who has broken the the bond of trust between the organisation and the employees. So it's the company's responsibility to rebuild that. And I think the the term survivor guilt is placing the responsibility at the foot of the employees. So I think for sure, having uh, workshops in terms of our new culture or our new values moving forward or 
uh, reintegration or, you know, positive well-being activities, all of those things would be a really good thing to do. Mm. I have a suspicion, Louisa, and I don't know whether this could be borne out, that companies who work with their surviving employees in the, the company, they may be thinking, God, we have created such toxicity by the way we've behaved that we've got to try and repair it for our own good, not for the employee's good. We've got Absolutely. to try and eliminate the toxicity that now exists. I mean, the fear and loathing in certain companies around town waiting to see where the axe will fall is palpable, they tell me. It is. And I think when you're in a situation where you're feeling fearful, um, you, you're going to make worse decisions. You're going to be less productive. You might still work really, really, really hard, but the outputs won't be as beneficial as they are when you're in a happy, strong, positive place. So trying to get people to shift from being fearful into being joyful is something that is absolutely down to the bottom line. Uh, some of the texts coming in, we've raised a generation of complete softies with uh, no resilience. Uh, that's from Sean. I think anybody, though, who loses the job, uh, which is totally unexpected. I mean, we saw the wave uh, of job losses starting in the United States when uh, shareholder pressure uh, demanded a better bottom line. And the quickest way to do that was to cull the workers, um, yeah. we saw that. And people were led to expect that those big tech jobs were safe, secure, high quality jobs exactly. uh, with a really benign uh, workering environment. And then that turned out to be a lie. Yeah. And people, you know, they're paid a lot of money in some of these companies, like a, a lot of money for what they do relative to what they would get paid for similar work in other industries. And they, they get mortgages and cars and lives and holidays and children and everything built up around that. So actually, sometimes when it comes to redundancies, if they're mandatory, you can see a much more significant impact on individuals who maybe are slightly older with more home life responsibilities. Um, people who are younger, who've been in there and they're building up their credibility, uh, will move on relatively quickly. And it might be it might be a bit of a bump for them, but they're going to get a redundancy payment. That's a bit of a boost. It might give them the deposit for a house and then they can move on to, to other work. Yeah. Um, but but I, I went issue. online to look at one uh, company's way of uh, de- breaking the bad news. It's probably uh, standard HR. Uh, you make the call to the employee and you go straight into the bad news. You don't say, good morning, how are you? You just say, yeah, this is your last day at Company X. That's what you well, do. That's, that, that's quite an American approach. Um, no, typically in Ireland, what you do is you would bring the impacted staff. So all of the staff are impacted together and let them know that there's a change happening. And then you'd have one-to-one meetings. And where it is a large-scale um, transformation or redundancy situation, you have to communicate several times because it is a little bit like ripping off the Band-Aid. Mm. But when you do that, they only hear, I'm being fired. They don't hear the supports that have been put in place or for those that are surviving or remaining they don't hear what's happening for them so you have to come back and have that communication be incredibly strong uh, within the organization and do it several times yeah Uh, there's another term that one company is using when they lose their staff when they let staff go fire them let's be blunt about it they talk about those people graduating from the company No, no, that's a very nice way of putting it but I'm not sure you'd feel that's, that's the truth of it that's what they call them you know uh, we're having a few drinks uh, later on at four because Sean is graduating from our company yeah. he's been dumped out the door kicked in the bum out you go but he's graduating I mean yeah. this this kind of stuff is crazy now, some I don't of think the t- you're bringing mum and dad along to that graduation party are you <laughs> no you're not <laughs> As some of the text survivor guilt oh come on now which therapist invented this well it has been applied to uh, very seriously to 
survivors of the Holocaust, that term. Uh, you know, why did I survive when all of my family died? And indeed, when there are major catastrophes, often yes. uh, those who survive, when maybe a child of theirs has died, why did I survive? Why was I not taken? That kind of thing. Another text, beware of companies who tell you you're part of a family. Alarm bells should ring. Um, There's another question, of course, when people are wooed to companies by recruiters who get commission, people don't understand necessarily, recruiters get commission to woo people and then they woo them into the company and then, you know, just got a new job taken from a perfectly good old job and then fired within weeks because some American somewhere decides there's going to be a cull. I mean, yeah, I mean it, it seems like a breach of trust, if, if not a breach of contract. It's not necessarily a breach of contract, but it is a breach of trust. And a lot of organizations where they're doing this strategically and they're planning ahead and they're working with their HR partners, you know, in the lead up to making an announcement, you sort of pull back on recruitment and you don't hire people into permanent positions because you don't want to be in a position where you hire somebody and then let them go a few weeks or even a few months later. So this is where it's really important to have sort of a HR look at your strategy within your organization to prevent those things happening. Um, But you're right. You need to be very smart when you're looking for new work and you're looking at where is this company going in the next three to five years? um, Because whilst it may feel like a a family and whilst we may be very friendly with people at work and that's brilliant, it isn't a family. It is a legal entity and the job of of it is to make money. All right. Louisa Mean, HR and workplace conflict resolution expert with Woodview HRM. Thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.